0: Welcome to episode 92 of Bow Knows Health. I want to really specialize and talk specifically about health, fitness, wellness, and other things that relate to that, and I get the pleasure of talking to Andy McVitie of Process Physio Process Coaching. I always love the word process because it is the way we should be doing things, having a process in place. Goals are great, but a process is really what gets the results. We talk a bunch about rock climbing, all things related to rock climbing. I've only started to do this for about a year now since moving to Colorado. I'm loving the journey, the evolution, the process of understanding, learning different aspects of climbing rocks and top rope lead bouldering all these different things that go into it so load management collagen we get into a bunch of these topics if you ever want to get into rock climbing if you're into rock climbing right now would love to hear your thoughts i think this is a super valuable episode i learned a lot i hope you do too get one percent better and if you did please don't forget to like share subscribe share with a friend all that good stuff without further ado here's andy And there we are. We are live. Uh, Witness the fitness roots maneuver. I'd never heard this. We're joined with Andy McVitie. I think I'm saying that right. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, All the way from the UK. You said somewhere near Manchester. (laughs) Somewhere near a little, what did you say, an hour north of Manchester?
1: Uh, Just just outside of the English Lake District.
0: Okay. So some of y'all listening might know what that means. I do not, but uh, something, something. So I'm very, uh, the UK in general, I've been to Ireland, but I've not been to any other part of the UK. So uh, that's definitely on my list. And again, as I told you before we came on, my wife got her PhD in London. So we definitely are owe a a trip there soon. For sure. Uh, Well, uh, we connected on on the Instagrams um, (gasps) and I saw you were a physio in the UK. So we got that in common and you specialize in rock climbing is that is that uh oversimplification or or
1: (laughs) (laughs) well so anything like that you could call an oversimplification yeah because it it always explodes out which is i think part of what we're going to talk about but no that that's my it's been my my passion in life and i've been lucky enough to turn it into my job
0: Yeah, Uh, and that's always a beautiful thing when those uh, things emerge and connect and overflow. Um, And so one of the reasons I got very excited when I saw you there and wanted to get you on the podcast here is uh, I started rock climbing uh, mostly indoors, but we've done a little bit outdoors uh, here in Colorado Is part of the reason we moved here. There's uh, tons and tons of climbing. It's a huge culture here. So uh, we're only a year into it here. Uh, I've already got one pulley injury, which we'll talk about um and and uh just the progression's been really fun and and uh might give a big overview of uh rock climbing in general and some of the things that I've learned so far in this year but I definitely mm-hmm. want to throw it back to you and and um you know give us a little more history of how long you've been climbing why why climbing is so such a big passion of yours would love to hear that
1: um yeah how long um 27 years now I've been climbing I figured out the other day um why it's such a passion i think is because it's a never-ending quest every time is a bit of an adventure it's a different challenge um you'll never perfect it you'll never beat it in some ways in that way it's like golf i've said this to people before is it you know you you could play the same golf course every day but you'll always play it differently and there'll always be something to learn um but then with climbing if you want it there's the great outdoors there's all the different types there's bouldering there's winter there's mountaineering there's sport climbing there's traditional climbing there's so many aspects to it that i don't think you could hmm. ever get bored yeah yeah
0: yeah i haven't gotten bored yet it's been no. fun <laughs> good,
1: good. <laughs> um
0: and one of the things I'll, I'll say that i've enjoyed uh this in this last year of getting exposed to it and my wife used to do a lot of climbing uh back in the middle east where we met in Dubai. Mm um and and so it was something that when we moved to southern california we didn't do the research but uh there was not a lot of climbing there we were a little surprised there wasn't even a rock climbing gym for a few hours in any direction so
1: um
0: a little surprising but uh yeah one of the reasons we moved out here um we wanted more access to things like climbing and skiing and and all the nature so um to your point though of the of the the kind of ever increasing challenge and, and never getting bored with it uh, for anyone not familiar, and, and I don't know why you're listening, but I appreciate you being here. But uh, the, the way that rock climbing is graded, and again, I'm getting exposed to this. And th- there's also the difference between rock climbing, um, lead climbing, top roping are the two different ways there. Yeah. And then there's bouldering, uh, which is its own grading system and we might touch on at some point. But the, yeah. I'll talk about the, the lead climbing and, and the top roping, that kind of climbing up the wall with a rope uh oversimplification that i'm a fan of um and so there's a grading system and everything i don't know why they uh maybe you know this why is everything 5.9 5.10 5.11 why is the five why is that necessary
1: yeah i (laughs) believe that comes from because there's Just to confuse things more, there's the American grading system. Mm. Yeah, there's the British grading system. Us Brits decided we wanted our own. Then there's the European grading system. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's yeah, there's different grading systems around the world. I believe like one is literally flat ground and Mm. two is a is a hit, you know, walk up a hill. Three Uh... and four, you're into kind of scrambling. And then when it gets to Mm. five, it becomes a climb. Interesting that there you go. Climbing grades were built on. I well, think I, I may be wrong. It
0: makes sense whether it's accurate or not. It makes a lot of it's sense. It's a good story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like that. That's uh I never like I, you know, you climb all the time and I, I don't we don't, at some point when you're climbing you don't talk about 5.10. You're just you're just like I'm climbing a 10 plus and yep. and you don't say 5.10 plus. But uh that five is always there and and that's mm. uh that, that's actually yeah, I appreciate it. If nothing else, I've hopefully learned or figured out a story that I can tell uh when climbing. Um, and it's it's similar to how the you know the British use stone as a as a measurement, and then yes. um, everyone else uses <laughs> kilograms, and the Americans yes. use pounds. So oh yeah, we all have to have our own system. We like so, to be different. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. So maybe I don't even know. I was going to go a little in, more in depth about the grades, but uh, <laughs> you know I don't know if it changes for uh, you know the folks you have out there in, in Britain. It's completely different grading system. Is, is so it's not like a five well, we, ten plus that I'm climbing.
1: No, we use. For traditional climbing, um, we have our own grading system um, that's supposed to give an idea of the danger of the route as well as the Mm. difficulty of the climbing Mm. because those two, you can have an easy climb, but if you fall off, it's got terrible consequences. Or you could have a really hard climb, physically hard climb that's very, very safe. And it's supposed to try. It's messy. It's gray areas. (laughs) It doesn't work. Um, And the American system, you might have a 510. R, which shows that it's run out it's Mm. brave it's bold or it might be a 510RX which shows that it's run out and brave and also a bit dangerous yeah and you should be careful interesting Um,
0: is that only for outdoors or would that be indoors as well
1: I would think that would only be for outdoors that's why that's why I'm less familiar with that because I've only done a little bit of outdoor stuff and
0: when we go outdoors we just go with people who know what they're doing and they're like yeah just climb this you can handle this and and folks that know yeah, yeah exactly um Although I, I wanted to share this also again for anyone who's not into climbing and maybe listens to this and wants to get into climbing, uh, one of the biggest lessons I've learned and I'll share even in this year of climbing that I've done is uh, safety is a pretty big deal. Um, so mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you yeah. you know uh, I, I've had a few I wouldn't say they were close calls because it wasn't anything. They, luckily, the way the systems are set up, and if you have something called a Grigri, uh, yeah. you know it, it has extra levels of safety versus if you yeah. only have an ATC, which those are the mm-hmm. things that person down on the ground is, is uh, and this is for the listener, obviously not for you, um, <laughs> of, of those are the things that kind of allow you to control how much rope you're giving or taking and safety measures. So, um, you know, I, a lot of times when I learned, I learned with a guy who's a little more cavalier and he was kind of like, ah, you have like 17 le- layers of safety built in there, which is kind of true, but yeah. you still need to make sure that like all the little things are done. And again, when you're climbing yeah. with other people, everyone's got stuff going on and, and obviously, it, you know, it helps to have that extra level of safety check of like you check yourself you check your partner your partner checks, checks you yeah, yeah buddy checks all these things yeah. so uh one quick story I'll share on that is the first time i was starting to learn to lead climb um and uh that's again when when the route is not set and you you're going up and you're go- the anchor the clips are there the anchors are there and as you're mm-hmm. climbing up you you put the rope that's on you yeah. into the into, the anchor. into each yeah. anchor or clip mm-hmm. and so that is the way it's scarier Then top rope, top rope, the route is already set and and it's, you can fall down anytime. You won't go flying too far with leads. You go a little further. But the very first time I was learning that, uh, I was following, I did a follow. So somebody had set the route and it was a lead climb. So I was used to top rope. But uh, this was one of those things that I'm going to, I'm going to throw out there and be a cautionary tale uh, where it, it gets missed and people are like, wouldn't think to add this extra layer of, Hey, don't do this thing. Cause it's kind of stupid. Um, <laughs> so as I was leading and I think you'll appreciate this story is, is uh, I might've missed the first unclipping. So as you're following a lead uh, climb, you're well, supposed yeah. to unclip yeah. as you go uh, yeah. so that you're kind of taking down the route, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I missed one of the early clips and my wife is yeah. never a good idea to have your partner, uh, be the person kind of coaching you, but she kind of, you know, was like, Hey, don't you forgot the clip and, and, and honey, if you're listening, I love you. But, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, it, it kind of made me a little nervous. So as, as I'm going, I'm climbing. It's also a, a skill and difficulty of climbing. Uh, I'm unclipping one at a time. And then I get to the very last clip, which is the anchor. And I go to unclip that, which if I had done, I would have been, <laughs> now by nothing, completely
1: unprotected. Yes. I would have been yeah.
0: free soloing, and I do yeah. not have the skill to free solo. Uh, <laughs> if anyone's seen that movie, so yeah, uh, fortunately, again, the, the safety mechanisms are a little built in. So, as I went to unclip, yeah. just because I was like, climb, 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 unclip, climb, 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 unclip, mm-hmm. uh, so I went to unclip the anchor, and uh, luckily, again, because of the weight. Uh, distribution i'm pulling on it from my end she's pulling on it from her end the belayer and and so but as i went to unclip that one and there's two anchors usually and you want to make sure Mm -hmm. you clip into both i went to unclip and uh it was very difficult to unclip and luckily i kind of struggled with it, and and then i think i realized maybe uh there's something going on here and and like she was ready to pull me down because i made it to the end of the climb and she she kind of, it's hard to see cause were like 60 feet up. So had I mm-hmm. fallen, that would have been a 60 foot fall. Luckily it was <laughs> indoors. So there, there would have been, uh, you know, some padding anyway, that's my <laughs> little story, little safety. And the point there is again, um, luckily nothing happened we've had a few other you know close calls i could tell a few other stories but i don't want to make it all about mine yeah
1: but but it is and it is the you know those safety systems that are kind of inbuilt in there especially as you're learning and it's such a a cognitive sport and your brain is taken over with the new skills and new techniques the the, the, yeah everything that you're learning and and you can make these mistakes and you can climb past things and Mm -hmm. and yeah it's the buddy system part of it you right. know that, that's a really really nice thing of it and it is inherently a safe sport everybody thinks that people who climb are risk chasers and <laughs> adrenaline right. junkies and what have you and actually it's it's for most people not for all there are some that do go chasing that for sure um it's the opposite it's risk management it's mm-hmm. putting yourself in tricky situations and solving right. the problem and the puzzle and making it safe and then being you know okay to carry on that's right. yeah
0: and and practicing some of those things like falls taking a fall um all those skills that are built in again it's been a fun learning experience i want to uh you know coming back to your your original point of the the growth and the grading system and i'll use the american mm-hmm. grading system that i'm mm-hmm. here climbing with is uh you know when i started i was probably doing some nines and, and i had the muscle strength to do a 10 minus minus. and then again we get into there's a 10 minus a 10 <laughs> yeah. regular and a 10 plus plus. Yeah. Yeah. in terms of the grading and then it goes to 11 minus 11 11 plus um or some other people i've seen uh, we, we a, don't b, use c, this very d. much a b yeah. c d right and D being the hardest a being the easiest so uh but it's, it's fun to see like hey i'm consistently doing you know 10 pluses now uh whereas again a couple months ago i, I was barely able to do that and or i'm doing the front wall which is the biggest the 60 foot wall where some uh. of the other ones are easier and there's a little more there's roofs which is harder because you're going you're kind of going upside down yeah um most of the way so it's a harder grade again maybe at some point it doesn't actually become a six point whatever but to your point of uh you know five is just climbing up
1: send um, <laughs> yeah, So if you go yeah if you're going overhung, is that a six yeah it stays at a five for some yeah, reason yeah, but, yeah good <laughs> um but
0: yeah so so it's been fun to see and again i'm i'm a fan of CrossFit. I'm a fan of uh, observable, repeatable, measurable kind of skills. And to go into the gym, uh, whether it's a rock climbing gym or anything else, and to be able to say, hey, like I was doing 10 minuses and like I was then I would try a 10 and struggle there. Or then eventually I got comfortable with all the 10s in the gym and then a 10 plus. Uh, and, and, you know, I was like scared of that 11, 11 minus, I was like, ah, I don't even want to try it. And then again, you know, it's like, yeah, it's a safe thing. So what's the worst that happens is you go up a few and you get frustrated and you're like, I can't hold on to the crimp or, or whatever. So, but it, it, it's been a fun learning experience. And again, going from top roping to learning how to lead, uh, was a great like evolution in my skill set that I found. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also I haven't done a lot of bouldering. I would say right now of, of the time we spend there, it's about 10 to. 20% 20% maybe in the bouldering area and yeah. uh, something I definitely see as a benefit into this kind of cross training doing different skills to em- enhance your overall progress. So um, there's definitely something there, but again, and uh, we'll, we'll, I'll stop talking about myself and we'll jump to your second uh, point uh, and we'll come back to the first, maybe Yeah. yeah. Um, regarding load management. So with this mm. fun system um, for anyone jumping into it, and again, I, you know, from what I've seen, a lot of folks just go whenever they can. Um, yep. you know, maybe they do set an actual training plan, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would say my, uh, my injury, which, uh, we'll, we can talk about a little bit, uh, uh, you know, had to do with a little bit going too fast too soon. That's kind of how I think we as physios talk about injuries sometimes, yeah. right? Most injuries yeah. happen, uh, when you do a little too much, a little too soon, if you're starting to do marathon training and you, you know, you've, you haven't done anything more than a 5k, um, and then you try to do a fifteen k tomorrow. Yeah, like you're gonna get might, a reaction. Yeah. There might be something there. So <laughs> yeah. I think my 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 pulley injury happened. I was doing some CrossFit as well, but I think I did some pockets, uh, mm-hmm. which is a type of hold, and with the two these two uh, fingers, the middle finger yeah, and the the ring finger, yeah. and uh, it was a lot of stress, and and it might have just been a little too much, and just uh, tweaked the pulley, which mm-hmm. uh, you know it, it definitely was there, and it wasn't completely uh, something that limited, it completely stopped me from climbing, which, uh, that that's where someone like you comes in, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, you know, and I kind of, but well, it was good, but I kept climbing on it for about six weeks. Uh, we traveled. So I got a little bit of a break from climbing, but, uh, it was still there and it it took me going to see an occupational therapist or hand therapist to put put a little splint on it to protect it enough that now I think it's finally healed. Uh, and yeah. I'm able to do most of the climbs without feeling it at all, but load management being the, the point um, that I'll yeah. throw it back to you.
1: It's super difficult in climbing is is a problem. You know, you've already touched on the fact that you can have a climb of the same grade that might be a slab that leans away from you and all of your weight is on your feet. It might be vertical. It might be overhanging and yet they all get the same number, the same grade in other sports. You know, if you go back to your CrossFit and what have you, if you're cleaning and jerking or, or whatever, you've got your standard bar weight, your weights. You know what you did. You know how that session felt. It's objective. It's measurable. If you're a runner doing a track session, you know what pace you went at and what your, you know, sets, reps and, and you know, and sports are very measurable. Um, Apart from climbing, it, it's how do you measure the load of a climbing session? And it really relies on um the individual and their sort of education and awareness about themselves and you can have objective measures i've tried various different if you're a boulderer add up all the v numbers that you did Mm. in the session divide it by the time that that session took took to climb and maybe you've got some kind of a density score mm-hmm. there going on. Um there's apps now. Kaya hmm. is yeah. is one that's certainly popular in uh, uh, That's the in one America. we
0: have we have in our gym, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, Grip tonight yeah. tends to be over here and yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've got it as well. Yeah, Natasha Barnes uh, got me onto it. And Grip tonight is a a, a little bit something that you get a score for what you do. I think Kaya's a bit more, you know, it's a proper workload score that it that it can give you. Um but yeah, people are unaware of their climbing load um yeah. even people that are experienced in other sports and seem to come into climbing and treat it somehow differently now you've you've almost spoken there really of, of what I'd, i have a, a slight issue with the term progressive overload um yeah. i prefer progressive loading and you know and you said i got happy with all the five ten pluses or all the five tens in the gym and then moved on to the 11 minuses and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing you waited for the gains to come to you you were patient you were you were in the right place before you took that step up rather than push and push and push and because it's a sport with a grading system that's where everyone wants to be they want to be on the highest number that they can possibly be at as quickly as they (laughs) as they can Mm -hmm. um and the majority of injuries um that we see are overuse whether that be if you look at that as under under resting over training too much too soon you know repeat again whatever terms that you want to be using with that um it's just so hard for people and people also tend to do massive amounts of volume yeah um which can be a good thing <laughs> uh, in its place um but yeah for tendons for Mm -hmm. pulleys for the the connective tissues of the body often a lot of volume is not that great for it particularly tendons um and it's trying to teach people how to judge a session Mm. how to have some awareness and the concept of auto regulation is just something that climbers they have a training plan and there's lots of those options now and you can Mm -hmm. buy an off-the-shelf slightly customized for you plan lands on your desk possibly even like fully periodized Mm -hmm. um, and they try to follow it rigidly you know no matter how they feel so they've got their power session but actually they're still tanked from you know whatever session they had two days before but the plan says i've got to do it and they (laughs) crack on and do it um yeah and load management and yeah so it's education and that's like the big message i try to get out as much as i can it's a it's the wrong way possibly for a physio because yeah i put myself out of work if i (laughs) teach everybody how not to (laughs) injure themselves right it's it's actually yeah it's what i'm sort of passionate about really is is more injury reduction yeah Uh, yeah it's a big thing for me and one thing i I do actually really like and have started to rate is uh, heart rate variability Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and there's again there's a couple of apps for that i use yeah yeah all the yeah whoops and um the rings Ura rings and yeah that type of thing i have a, again an app on my phone hrv and it uses the um the, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. flash yeah yep. and the camera place finger on it and it reads yeah love it and it gives people and you're not bound by that you're not get. you know that is right. not the the god of what you do that day (laughs) right but but it adds an extra you know just that thought process of oh i'm you know this says i should probably take it a bit easy today yeah and you know giving people permission to have a plan b and a plan c or even a plan d and
0: and let me add a little context for anyone who's Mm -hmm. not familiar heart rate variability hrv is what we're talking about here and that's Mm. uh we've touched on it in a few of my previous podcasts i've done some videos about the Ah, But uh, the big thing there is, it's it's, again, I'll oversimplify it again, um, (laughs) to say it's a measure of how recovered and ready for activity your nervous system is. It's one of the best metrics we have. So I appreciate Mm. uh, you bringing that up. And again, without going too deep into what it really exactly is, um, like this morning, I'll say I climbed yesterday, actually. And my HRV, I think, was a bit down. Uh, yeah, my normal is 82. And my re- overall recovery was 47%. And then I'm going to see the smaller numbers. So my HRV yeah. there is uh, 68 versus mm-hmm. 82 being my average. Yeah. So it's below my average. So my nervous system's a little bit less than ideal. So if it comes to training, maybe if I go into the gym, I'm going to say, I might just do a little bit less. Uh, yeah, than yeah. I normally would. Or uh, let me just move in a way that is going to, again, not tax my nervous system too much between work, clients, life, stress, yes. all the other yeah, things, Yeah, factoring that in. Um, but the interesting thing, I guess I want to throw back to you regarding, um, and I again, so it's interesting you brought that up. We're talking about the nervous system. And there's other ways mm-hmm. you guys can test the nervous system too. I like uh, when I work with clients and somebody doesn't have a whoop um, and they're in between sets where normally if I'm there working with somebody one-on-one and I do a set of deadlift, uh, I might be able to see, I didn't like your form. I, you know, I can see that didn't work out so well. Whereas right. if they're on their own, what a one way I've seen to retest the nervous system is a simple go down, try to touch your toes. And if your right. range of motion gets decreased, uh, that can be a way that we we're saying hey your nervous system is doing something to like protect your body it didn't
1: like something there okay. so like that's a that little one. bit of a sign of, yeah. of
0: possible uh, uh yeah you know, I, have,
1: <laughs> I have a couple of yeah things that i'd, I'd say to either have a benchmark bit of a benchmark problem mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. that you know you should be able to climb and how you feel when right. you climb that problem and if you go and right. climb that problem and you're like oh that was that felt awful yeah, yeah, yeah. then that can be it can be. A standing jump, can it? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. see how yeah. how springy any, we are. The almost any physical dynamometer grip, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's super simple. I like that one. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna pinch that and, one.
0: And the dynamometer <laughs> one, that, that's totally fine. The dynamometer one, I've pinched it from somewhere else too. That's fine. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah,
1: yeah. This is how it works. Yeah, the
0: morning and the same thing. The dynamometer in the morning is another way to test that. Yeah. And so, uh but this is again where the preventative piece is very interesting and. Uh, something I've been exploring, I imagine you've been trying to find like what the right language is. Like you said, you know, we joke and I, I've heard a lot of people say this is we're trying to put ourselves out of business. Like you said, Yeah. Um, yeah. ultimately. So, but, but with like the dynamometer thing I find uh, between, especially doing CrossFit type stuff when I was doing higher mm-hmm. volume there and I would do the dynamometer, I, I didn't care as much about the number, but it's also like, Hey, I feel funkiness in my, <laughs> yeah. my you know, my grip, which again, yeah. I imagine, for, for especially, and I'm curious cause I don't, I work with a few higher level climbers at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the guys I climb with, uh, he's an interesting case study. I'll bring up real quick. Um, he actually teaches other people how to climb. He's, he's yeah. a former U uh, S Marine. So mm-hmm. he works with ve- veterans and things like that, but he's an amazing climber. He's doing 13s easily, which again, mm-hmm. is a pretty, uh, yeah, is there, that's the highest level, right? Um, yeah. pretty much
1: i, I always yeah. forget get in there
0: yeah i think oh 14 four or 14 oh, we're, up to,
1: we're up to 15 now okay, but they're, 15. They're, they're, they're the people that we're we're not going there they're yeah, the outliers yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but
0: still he's i'm only and again it doesn't sound Th- like a huge 13, difference is, but 13 is a is yeah a really i'm struggling level. with an 11 yeah. minus and he's doing 13 so yeah. so there's something there um but but uh what's interesting about him and i've assessed him in the physical therapy kind of landscape to look mm-hmm. at him cause he did have some injuries and things like that. Um, and he's seen people before me as well and they've kind of said similar things to him of, Hey, you're like really weak in everything else. Like <laughs> you're, you, and he's an, he's an incredible climber. He obviously has really good grip strength. He has great, uh, you know, strength to body weight ratio and things like that. Mm-hmm. But his rotator cuff strength, you know, as we isolate these things, external okay. internal rotation, like he can barely hold, like, you know, you would you would assess him and be like, how are you standing right now? Um, yeah. But he he's again, he's he's able to hang, you know, for for two minutes with no problem. He's got the these very specific skills neurologically built in. And he's able yeah. to do that at the detriment, I think, of a lot of other uh, aspects of his health. And it took him having some n- numbness and things going down one mm-hmm. arm uh, where he's like, hey, like, can you help me out? Uh, so <laughs> we were able to fix yeah. a lot of that, but it's interesting again to see this very uh, one-sided kind of or, or, or specialization. Specialization, exactly. Mm, so, yeah. um, and it, another interesting thing with him that I I, I think we're going to kind of touch on when it comes to climbing injuries is uh, when. And and you 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 brought out ankles, so I do want to ask about that in, in a bit. Yeah. But uh, that's that kind of jumped out to me. Like I didn't know folks injured their ankles here, but maybe maybe uh, decreased range of motion things like that. With him again being a very high level climber, one thing he identified as him and I started climbing more was if he's got his foot up on a high hold, he doesn't have the strength to press through that. He recognized that as a weakness. I said, "Cool, yeah. here's some different ways we can strengthen that." But again, it, it's just something that uh, when you're such a high level climber, I guess you can, you can start to identify these uh, smaller things, but it was an interesting uh, deficiency there. So let's bring it back. We touched on load management. I don't know if you want to dive into youth guidelines right now or, or. Uh, come yeah, I, to I suppose
1: this is the thing. And and again, it, it's this, I, I come, I, I coach and and coached for, for quite some time, uh, sort of 13, 15 years now. And Every other major sport, and climbing is now, it's an Olympic sport, so we have to say it's major. Pretty much every town and city in, in, certainly in the UK now, has at least one climbing wall. You know, I think London's into double figures now for the amount of climbing walls. It's a, yeah, anyway, lots of, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a major sport now. Um, if you look at soccer, American football, Australian rules football, basketball, netball, softball, just about any established sport, they have guidelines. It will say, you know, at this age or how this child presents age-wise, obviously, because they all mature differently, they should be, this is the maximum they're allowed to do. Mm -hmm. You know, and we don't have that. I have kids that through the summer holidays, which in the UK can be six to eight weeks, get dropped off by the parents at the climbing wall (laughs) in the morning and then the parents pick them up after work and they live in the climbing wall over the holidays and the kids love it and it's a wonderful culture and it's a wonderful community and those those you know quite young kids that you know they can be sort of 12 13 14 are, are, you know looked after and and, you know and and it's brilliant it's a safe place to be um but they're doing a massive amount of volume as Mm -hmm. they're growing and we don't have any as far as i know input into this at the moment is how much is too much, you know, until we see kids with growth plate, um, fractures in the fingers, you know, that's Mm. the most common, um, that they get as they're growing. Um, yeah. And we, we don't know, and Mm. there doesn't seem to be any that that I'm aware of anyway, um, any research going on at the moment to say, you know, what should we be saying is too much.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of interesting stuff there. Um, we'll move on from there because that's a, that's a, <laughs> yeah, it's that's a, a whole kind of huge, yeah, yeah, huge yeah. topic for sure. So, yeah. yeah, but there's a lot of interesting stuff there that, again, at the end of the day, if anyone's uh, listening, watching uh, that, I think the takeaway is be aware of that. And again, the, the two things that, again, we talk about from a physio perspective. So let's come back to the fact that we're both physios here mm. uh, is one. Again, injuries tend to happen when you do too much too soon and things that you can't handle. And I would say, and, and let me know if you agree with this, another way to look at injuries is 100% of the injuries that occur in the world uh, are a simple matter of load exceeding capacity. And there's yeah. many different aspects to that. But yeah. Yeah. It, So you can assess yeah. your capacity. And like you're talking about, um, you know, within climbing, uh, do you, have, I guess that's another interesting question is, is there somewhat of a standardized or do you, have you come up with your own way of assessing capacity whether it is a certain amount of pull-ups, grip strength handheld dynamometer, uh anything like that where uh you can put put an athlete profile together of you know Andy's capacity.
1: It's such a technical and multifaceted sport that essentially no and as far as i'm aware nobody's we know strong fingers are super important right flexible hips are super important we can look at that performance wise but regarding capacity and tolerance of load and load over time and that type of thing mm-hmm. no yeah. <laughs> no you know handheld dynamometer um will give you your, your neuromuscular uh sort of um you know health and that type of thing doesn't particularly correlate to climbing right, uh, right and the grips and the sense that we use and you know your, your friend that you mentioned that might be incredibly weak in in other areas it's yeah. probably a technical really good technical yes. climber and he yeah he moves around and he uses his body and mm-hmm. yeah and it so massively individualized so right and and
0: again the the other example there is i'm probably one of the heaviest climbers in the gym i'm close to uh, 190 pounds right um and you know most of the people there whether it's you know kind of uh not self-fulfilling prophecy but a a, uh survivorship bias or whatever we want to call it (laughs) uh of if you're a heavier climber it's harder to hold yourself up so you have to have that correlation and again most of the people I climb with are close to 130 pounds, mm. 120 pounds, uh, whether they're, they're, you know, male or female. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's an interesting, and we, we did get the ohm, which is a, a way that it's, for safety be like, again, yeah, belaying uh, uh, it'll the ab- difference. absorb the weight difference. If somebody yeah. who's 130 pounds is belaying me, who's 190 pounds, and I take a fall, that's that might lift them up pretty high. Yeah. Um, it would. Just, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah and again, for, sure. for safety, that ohm bit uh, does absorb some of that, so you're not going to have mm. as big of a impact. But uh, or you can again, we see a lot of the kids. There's a big youth program at the the gym we're at uh, you'll see them kind of anchor themselves also to a, you know, a sandbag, Sandbags, uh, that might yeah. be 50 pounds or so. Um, so yeah, that, uh, it's, it's interesting to see, but, um, anyway, mo- moving on, we've got a, a couple of fun things to get to. So, mm. uh, you brought up the changing nature of climbing injury. So, uh, mm. changing nature. Well, I, I was interesting that you phrased it that way. So, I, I mean, we could talk, certainly talk about injuries,
1: but uh, why the changing nature? Um, because climbing has changed. Indoor yeah. climbing has changed. Um, when I started, at, well, before I started, um, a climbing wall, climbing gym, uh, might be a brick wall that's had the mortar in between it chiseled out and, and made loads of little tiny edges. There were some where there were actual rocks cemented to the wall. <laughs> yeah, that, that was your climbing route. Um, and it was all very outdoor type climbing lots of mm-hmm. tiny crimps lots of moves um and that's what indoor climbing walls became um and it was yeah small holds made generally things were made harder by having the holds further apart <laughs> oh. that was as far as the how the interest in the setting was um and there were places to get fit and strong for outdoor climbing and now we have this whole world of indoor climbing where and and it's totally legitimate where people can be climbers and never go outside because there's this fantastic world and you know they're brilliant i absolutely love climbing gyms um but what we've seen and it's been accelerated massively in the couple of years in the run-up to the olympics is the style of indoor climbing Mm. especially bouldering but that bouldering style where it's very dynamic lots of throwing moves lots of jumping i'm sure you'll have seen the coordination where people might even do two or three moves in one more than that sometimes Mm -hmm. where they're using the momentum from one move to get through to the other lots of giant compression holds things that are you know bigger than Uh you are and you're wrestling and um (laughs) with them sloper holds yeah loads and loads of sloper holds and bouldering gyms are much more popular than roped gyms Mm -hmm. um because they're cheaper to build, they're right. cheaper to run. They don't have the same insurance implications. <laughs> it's less for people to learn. You can just turn up, hire some shoes, and go. And it's a fantastic yep. introduction to the sport. And so we'd seen a, a change. You know, I was I was all about th- th- this was my world. <laughs> Yeah, for, you know, for, <laughs> for quite some time. <laughs> um, for, for anyone listening, because we're going to do this on audio only, he was
0: pointing between the the hand and the shoulder. All right,
1: sorry. Yeah, yeah. You know that that was it. Um, and obviously, you, you have your your general training and your general background, but I've had to get a. You know, get back into knee, meniscus tears and things like drop knees. You know, this is one of the techniques where if you Google it, it's a bit easier to Google than, than explain. You use opposing forces between your feet and internally rotate your thighs. So your, your knees pointing all the way down and your foot's actually pointing upwards. Um, and people falling off indoors yep. now. And this is what we see. We see ankles yeah we we seen oh, that so um, the ankle how- is
0: is more that so that was the interesting thing is more mm. somebody rolling an ankle when they fall off yeah. or yeah, and that was that was my yeah. my my friend the uh, former marine uh, yeah. he had a pretty big like twenty foot fall and he came down. And his ankle rolled on a another hold. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, it, it, so a hard everyone, hit into the wall. Yeah, and everyone mm. like, and I saw it, and I'm like, "Ooh, that looks like a broken ankle." Um, <laughs> and and everyone kind of came running over, and and he kind of limped off, and and luckily it was it was just probably a bit of a sprained ankle, and he yeah. limped a few days, but uh, yeah. So luckily, so, yeah, so that I've makes to, sense. Uh, in terms yeah, of review my
1: Ottawa rules, whatever mm. this kind of thing, and yeah. um, hamstrings from yeah. heel hooking, heel hooks yep, yep. a few years ago were like if you'd pulled a heel hook off everyone would be like oh get you yeah. showing off yeah flash <laughs> techniques very now, good And now, now it's just standard yeah it's absolutely standard who warms up heel hooks who prepares heel hooks who recruits their hamstrings we just don't as climbers we, we've got so much better now at mm-hmm. preparing to climb you know warm-ups i've I an issue with that term but um <laughs> you know preparing to climb is is so much better than it used to be if, if somebody was was having a warm-up in a climbing gym people have been nudging each other and going what are they doing what? yeah. Why, well, yeah what's <laughs> going on it just wasn't in in the in the culture mm-hmm. um and now it is but we don't do hamstrings until we spot a heel hook right on the root and then you stick your heel on and you pull as hard as you can because normally if you're using one it means you're trying hard you know right. that, that's what they're there for um yeah and then loads of yeah hamstring tears uh, that type mm. of thing, particularly high hamstring tears, which can oh, be yeah. really difficult and really sticky to get rid of. Mm-hmm. um So yeah, I've, I've been, you know, yeah, plyometric hamstring rehabilitation and this type of thing, which is never where I i thought I would be. Um, yeah, you know, uh, but yeah, that it, that's common. It used to be, you know, ninety percent upper limb. There was there was a, a recent study done. I think it was in Hamburg um, at A uh or the, the the emergency department um and they were literally checking uh keeping an eye out obviously a, a doctor and a researcher somewhere who was a climber um mm-hmm. for people coming in with climbing related incident uh accidents yeah. yeah and the split was massively different than it would have been a decade ago mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. many lower limb injuries with so- you know, ankles knees hamstrings
0: so my, my question there, based on how I practice and how I've modified over the years, um, mm. working with tendon injuries, I feel like I can handle improving tendons. Because again, tendons to me, uh, to oversimplify, again, something mm-hmm. I like to do, yeah. is, is yeah. tendons yeah, uh, are stronger and respond most to appropriate loading and mm-hmm. time. Um, and so when it comes to rehabbing them or preventatively strengthening them for activities such as climbing uh tempo and proper load management not too much not too little the goldilocks method if you will um is, is is kind of what i build off of there and again then it's it's figuring out how to get somebody to you know engage in that program if they don't have the injury or if they see uh, what they're dealing with there, of again, my friend, who uh, and he had a hamstring strain uh, mm. recently as well. He kind of he's a good textbook case study. <laughs> yeah, and, and, uh, he's got
1: everything. Yeah. yeah, he had a little bit of
0: everything. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he heals pretty quickly, so so he's good in that regard. <laughs> um, and I'm still trying to get him to consistently do the. Sh- and so that's the, that's the battle too, right? He's he just loves climbing. He yep. loves the skill of it. Um, and and at what point can I get someone like him to see? Hey, if you do this tendon rehab protocol that I'm talking about. Um, he's kind of open to it, but it's getting him to get excited about, oh, 12 weeks of doing four seconds down and three seconds (laughs) up. Cool. And then I can't do anything else for 48 hours. Cool. Let's do that. Um, and it's not sexy, but, uh, you know, I think you and I know ideally, uh, everyone should be doing some version of that without, before they get injured, it's going to help them save a lot of time and injuries. Or if they do have to wait until they get injured, uh, then, then, you know, we're dealing with a longer Kind of uh period of, of uh recovery and things like that so yeah i don't know if there's an answer yeah. there or even a question there but i just thought i'd vent my frustrations
1: no yeah <laughs> I, I feel it absolutely um but you know you, you could fill people's lives with preventative work couldn't right. you and and it's really finding the gold and so but what i said before it had been a bit flippant i said i have a problem with the term warming up yes. um I, I i now call it preparing to perform mm. or, or recruitment or mm. something a bit sexy and, and exciting <laughs> that people will go oh that sounds like that could be beneficial right. to me i'm right. gonna you know and yeah and and that's where i put a lot of the the work in um and get people to do that and something that they can do 15 minutes in a session they can feel sharp and zippy when they finish this, yeah. you know they're preparing to climb and they're like whoa good to go <laughs> and that's just a nice reinforcement that they think oh yeah that that works i'm going to do mm-hmm. that every time and that's right. where i try and yeah because climbers are terrible as you say yeah. if it's anything that will take their energy or time or motivation away from the main event Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's that's pretty much any sport not just climbers yeah yeah but we we, we're climbers tend to want to perform Mm -hmm. every session right most of the sports it's go away practice tennis you know do thousands of strokes golf do thousands of strokes uh swimming miles and miles and miles of of conditioning and swimming Mm -hmm. up and down and work in the weights room Basketball, that kind of thing. That's a sport I found really interesting for their their depth of knowledge of strength and conditioning, and, and and explosive and stretch shortening, and you know, and all this type of thing. And I I speak to high school, you know, sort of athletes who take basketball seriously, and they know more about it than me. Mm-hmm. And I, and they're talking to me about their training that they're doing for improving their their layups and what and I'm like, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that's what that's where I'm going next is I, I want right. to get into yeah into that. Um, yeah and we, and we need everyone else does it and we don't but we're quite a young sport still I think in in that you know there's been a huge cultural change in quite a short yeah. time in climbing but we've still a, a long way to go
0: gotcha uh, coming back to the tendon thing for one second mm. there uh, well two, two thoughts before we go to the tendon question that I have yeah. is one to well you're talking about the warm-up the preparation whatever we call it and again I mm. agree with you I think uh, I wrote down F warm-ups um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I'm on with that. yeah. yeah. So we'll call it something d- different, better. And again, it is priming your nervous system to some extent yeah. to get your body ready for the thing it's about to do. Um, yeah. And again, there's definitely better ways. I think we can evolve a lot of that stuff. Sometimes again, a lot of us, and I'm guilty of it too, is like, I'm just going to go do an auto belay or, or, you know, and I'll just do a simple nine or 10. And I find that when I do certain things and if I know that route, uh, like I'm, and if it has enough, like different types of holes, like that got mm-hmm. my whole, cool, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. Um, and, and, or, or the other way to think about it for me is if I did a 20 minute workout earlier in the day, now my, my, my nervous system is kind still of prepared for yeah. that and I'm still yeah. primed. That's yeah. a, a fantastic word that I love for sure. But my other question for you as a physio coming back to that for a second is have you utilized, or do you feel in terms of tendon health? and looking at how we're progressing that uh have you looked at diagnostic ultrasound and maybe looking at that bicep tendon or is there any other way you actually test tendons uh to to kind of assess you know how how much are the brake pads wearing down when do we need to you know get new brake pads on our car
1: mm, no i haven't it, it's um, an interesting one isn't it because yeah. if if you look in you know you you were here so i'm guessing you, you, your classic bicep. long-headed bicep type yeah. um type thing
0: yeah I, 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 i'll just say real mm, quick since i got you thinking go um, on, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is, is i found um especially with the crossfitters because crossfitters are notorious for doing too much a lot yeah. of shoulder stuff the kipping mm-hmm. the dynamic all these things that we can uh again go in depth in but i found when i get my hands on someone's long head of the biceps and i poke there go, in there, there and if they have an eight out of ten uh, level of discomfort or nine out of 10, or they tell me it's 11 out of 10, which is not a thing. Uh, they're not understanding the, <laughs> yeah, I like
1: those people. Yeah. yeah, yeah but, yeah. but
0: at the end of the day for me, and that also applies when I come down to the lateral epicondyle, mm. the elbow mm. pain that we're going to yeah. talk about golfers elbow, tennis elbow, all that stuff. So when I poke on those things. I think, this is my theory, and I don't think it's very evidence-based yet unless we define evidence-based partly as, uh, you know, my the clinician experience. Experiential, and I, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's something to be said there. So I find that when I poke there and you have a high level, again, above, I'm talking about a, above a seven out of 10, let's yeah, say, yeah, uh, really that busy. there's probably some degeneration of the tendon. And again, we could, I think, just guess looking at a fitness class, whether it's, again, I, 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 th- I know you guys have uh, this in the UK too, is F45s or Orange Theory, all these other, other classes. So I can take any human and put them on my table and poke and prod. <laughs> and if they have that level of pain, to me, there's, i uh, pretty confident that if we did do a diagnostic ultrasound uh, and looked at the tendon health or an MRI, and we looked at how degenerated that tendon is, which is not
1: necessary,
0: for anyone listening, right? I think Andy and yeah, I understand yeah. that. Yeah,
1: we don't need to be every session. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, we don't need to it, be yeah. checking
0: it, but we yeah. also <laughs> don't necessarily need to do an MRI of no. tendons. But, and this is the part where, again, almost everyone who's going through this, uh, you are loading, and this is where we, we, we would come back to that load management. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there to see if mm. you had a little more, um, if you had anything on the, the tendon health, how we measure it, how we track it.
1: it. Generally for me, yeah, it is coming from the experience of the person in front of you like you say it, it is that very you know how is it feeling how long has it been going on for what's the pattern of discomfort and pain throughout the day and that kind of thing building up the picture then the the build the picture of the person in front of you how mm-hmm. old are they how long have they been doing this activity you know there's, there's not a climber uh, I'm in my, my mid 40s if um you know if you scanned my shoulders there'd be all sorts going on in there I'm you know pretty flipping certain there's a, a labral tear in <laughs> yeah. my uh, in my left shoulder i can still remember the day that i think that happened right. um and yeah you you know you build capacity robustness mm-hmm. carry on um, yeah yeah you and, know you would you would see a lot going on in these shoulders which you right. could argue is almost adaptive Right. Um, but if you're getting somebody that, as you say, you know, with a, a a reasonable palpation, they're seven or eight out of 10, they're on the ceiling. Then I think you're probably quite right. If we look at the, you know, the tendinopathy continuum, they, they're, they're beyond acute, aren't they? And they're right. getting into real tissue change. And, and that's when we use yeah. terms like tendinosis and tendinopathy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We tendinopathy, can, we're yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to geek out yeah. on that, yeah. for the <laughs>
0: listeners. but there's a lot there. So I'm, I'm glad mm. we're in agreement. And, and uh, yeah, to yeah. your point, also uh, a thing that came out i know here in american baseball is uh that a lot of pitchers if mm. you do scans of their shoulders they'll have significant slap tears and labral issues and yeah. but they're they're out there throwing 110 miles an hour
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> to, you and, know, a couple so, of times a week yeah yeah they've exactly. done it on ballet dancers rugby mm-hmm. players i know in particular the, the labrum of the hip um yeah. and dis- just discovered all sorts uh, uh, right. you know elite level athletes who are still operating and asymptomatic you know they're not complaining about hip pain they've just looked at them and gone yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay and in the and in the general population
0: we see this with degenerative disc disease and recently i think in the last two three years uh some of the bigger organizations have come out and said those are terms that should not be used as age related (laughs) right because it's like saying you have wrinkles on your face yeah Yeah. Yeah, gray hair right it's something we expect almost every yeah. human to have yeah. is some degeneration of their disc, but that does not correlate to their pain or their function. No, so not again- necessarily.
1: No. And, and I think a really nice term, I, I, if I have a patient who's, who's going off for a scan or waiting results of, of, of whatever type of investigation and, and and they will get back, you know, this is grade three osteoarthritis right. and they just like, Oh no, that's it. Yeah. I'm done for. And I said, like, ask them, is this age appropriate? Yeah you know you're a 62 year old lady Mm -hmm. is is that what they would expect yes of course you've got arthritis in your shoulder you're six you're in your 60s you're going to have (laughs) arthritis yeah Yeah. it's to be expected yeah Mm -hmm. and they yeah they're like they're like oh oh i hadn't thought of it like that yeah uh, language yeah it's pretty
0: important and then Mm. that another one for me on that is common versus normal when, you know, again, I'm I'm coming up on 40 years old here and a lot of my classmates, people from high school, college that I talk to are like, oh, this is just normal for me to have knee pain and wake up with back pain. And it's like, no, that's not. That's common. You know, <laughs> nine out of 10 yeah. of our classmates have that uh, yeah. or our age cohort or whatever. And it's, again, it's very common, but that does not make it normal and or again, acceptable or acceptable. That's the other yeah. fun part yeah. of that language. So that's yeah. definitely one of my soapboxes that I'll. Uh, go off of on for a while, but I'm going to step off of that
1: for a second here, because so, <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, I want to make sure we we, hit get, on our-
1: we do we go but this is physio this is the world of physical therapy and physiotherapy isn't it is you just so many things and this is a bit like climbing you know this is the job for me for life where you can't get bored because you never know you you never get close to knowing everything
0: right and that's the 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 fun dunning kruger effect if you i'm sure you're familiar with of
1: (laughs) yeah yeah the uh, confidence
0: gap of a novice is going to be more (laughs) confident than the person who's been doing it for 15 20 30 years because we're like the more expert you are the more you're like, I don't know if I can say yeah. that with any confidence because <laughs> I've done enough <laughs> research to know yeah. that like, you know, as much as we're talking about wrinkles and, and degenerative disc diseases and tendon loading, uh, there's just, there's no, they're like, we don't have the confidence. It's unfortunate. No. But uh, yeah, so that, yeah. so when someone on Instagram is like, I'm a tendon expert, like eh, maybe, eh, need to question that. <laughs> um so let's let's jump on on this one the yeah third, i've seen the it come up topic. collagen yeah mm-hmm.
1: we can wish we can go back to the yeah you know back to tendons and degeneration and is uh drinking some hydrolyzed collagen gonna that's, help that's, your that's, tendon that's... i know you said yeah in my face drinking your collagen yeah yeah stuffing <laughs> it down um well, i'll say yeah, real quick on. to set that up there's a lot of folks i think
0: take some hydrogen uh sorry hydrolyzed co- collagen and we noticed that our nails grow a little faster. And I actually yeah, had I know, a, a little, looking I, good. Yeah, again. and I yeah. had a little injury to my thumb here. Oh yeah, I, uh, I so, can see.
1: Yeah, yeah. It
0: was, it was. Yeah. I, and again, I've been actually climbing for a while with only like pretty much eight fingers because I had this my yeah, middle finger pulley, on my left yeah. had the pulley injury, and then my thumb here had some limitations. <laughs> so I've been climbing with like eight fingers. Um, but but what I've noticed is yes, the when I take the collagen consistently, and I only take one scoop, and the actual recommended is two scoops um Mm -hmm. so when i take even the the one scoop of collagen my fingernails grow faster my hair looks a little nicer um and so there's something happening and i'm gonna throw it back to you to you know tell (laughs) us what you think and feel about that
1: yeah no for sure um so i mean most of this and it's become popular this, this is i ended up doing a bit of a deep dive into it i remember coming across a fact it was the most googled um supplement in it was either 2019 or 2020 i spoke to a manufacturer who said to me that they'd started making it because people were asking them to make it not mm-hmm. because they particularly thought there was a a huge benefit to mm-hmm. it um, we we are made of collagen this mm-hmm. can't be denied um, <laughs> are we so you know kind of makes sense doesn't it we want to grow big muscles we eat muscles which is protein isn't it you know from from other animals well you Um, want to get
0: smarter you got to eat brain uh,
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. i I actually spoke to a collagen researcher not in this field not in the field of nutrition Mm. and such like but um a, a tree biological and he said to me would you ask a bald man to eat hair (laughs) <laughs> he said the process presuming mm-hmm. that bald man wanted to grow their hair back um is just so complex and interactive mm-hmm. and, and such like that you you cannot say ingest this this will happen and and i take that but that's the same with everything you know um and 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 logically it it all makes sense but you we look at the there's there's two papers really that that this all came from There was um, Shaw Etal, which also involved Keith Barr. Keith Barr is like the the god of college and research. <laughs> and, and before I say anything, you know, an absolutely spot on scientist who never has said anything other than what his research shows, and and doesn't claim it to be anything like that. And he's obviously passionate about the subject. You know, a, a great, very approachable as well. I have to say. Um, and that that Shore et al, which, which Bar was on, uh, was looking at collagen synthesis um, in in the human body. Bar's a lot of Bar's work has been um, collagen synthesis in engineered ligaments in vitro, that type of thing. And you you extrapolate from those the, 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 those papers, and there's a lot of support for the fact that you know if, if you introduce collagen to a ligament, stimulate mechanically stress that ligament it will uptake collagen you know that this is like brilliant fantastic they then followed that through with humans and showed that the same markers hormonal markers were being produced in the 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 human subjects as well whilst following this protocol um and what bars research shows is that mechanical stress and activity at a reasonably low level so not something that's going to impact your other training and such like done regularly seems to encourage collagen synthesis Mm -hmm. he has not said we need to take collagen (laughs) we don't know if we are deficient of collagen we know the dosage that they took these Mm. fasted individuals and and this paper um with shore et al. 20 Seventeen, I think it was. um There was eight of them, eight, eight healthy young males. So, is this even relevant for females, <laughs> elderly right. people? Right. You know, all, all of this type of thing. And, and eight, you know, not normally everybody's. You know, everybody likes numbers, and I know confidence intervals and this that, and the other. It was a good, strong study. In all fairness, but only eight people in one test, and we've extrapolated now what is essentially like a multi-billion dollar. Industry of we should all be taking collagen. Are we short in collagen? Are we deficient of it in our diet if we eat a good, varied protein, um, you know, rich diet? Right? We don't know. And am I against collagen? No, um, (laughs) there are affordable versions of it. I trialed it, I didn't feel it made that much of a difference. My partner who's also a climber, um, has terrible trouble with osteoarthritis Mm. in her fingers and synovitis, whatever. She's continued to take it because she felt, Mm. whoa, that made a difference to my fingers. Along with, I have to to add, at that point was when I finally got her to introduce a submaximal, regular mm. fingerboard training protocol <laughs> right so, the, so that, that really begs to...
0: the question of all the various factors right, right
1: yeah yeah and and the the sure et al the paper conclusion was that the placebo group although it was a crossover test but when the placebo, the the two groups were placeboing the results were pretty similar mm. and exercise alone is thought to be just as effective Right. as exercise plus collagen what bar and, and, and sure have given us is a protocol mm-hmm. that we can use to either prehab if you use that term or rehab tendons and ligaments right you know and if you want to supplement collagen if it's affordable for you that there are some products out there now that are being sold that take this all the time two or three scoops a day at the, this dosage, twenty-five right. grams, just because that's the dosage that they used in—well, mm-hmm. uh, fifteen grams, I think. Sorry. um And it can cost, you know, ninety dollars a month. Right. That's quite a hit right. for a lot of people. Right. Yeah. And and it's it's been sold and said, this will reduce your injury. Right. Right. I don't yeah. think we can say that
0: either. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that, that begs the question. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, E.C. Sinkowski. She does optimized nutrition. Uh, she was pretty big in the CrossFit space. So one thing right. that uh, she's done a few episodes on is she looks really deep into some of this research as well. And um, I forget if she if she actually has touched on collagen, but she's looked at things like creatine and beta alanine. And again, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the, yeah, is, is it of- is it worth trying? And again, like yeah. some of the research says, like, if you take beta alanine, maybe it improves your performance 1%. Now, if you're competing for the Olympics, that might be very, you know, valuable. Yeah, um, yeah. But if if you're just kind of, again, working on your rock climbing and you want to minimize injury, uh, mm. we, we don't know yet if it's worth the challenge, you know, worth the money, yeah. like you're saying. Yeah. Um, and so that's where some of these things, research again, I, I, I just said, we did a few episodes, actually, not just one episode, but a few episodes. I have another podcast called the Demand Better podcast with a personal trainer buddy in, in New York City. And uh, we've had a few cool guests on. And one of the things we looked at is all of the problems with research and how we yeah. can start to understand yeah, that. So everything you're talking about, like you said, you know, we're, we're having a big conversation off of this one study that was done on eight young male individuals. Um, yeah. so, so that becomes a thing. I put the examine.com yeah, uh, you familiar yeah. with those guys. Are, yeah. you, are you familiar with it? So yeah. this is, this is their take on collagen. Um, and, and I'll have, if you, I'll, I'll read it out loud here for folks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just going to remove the banner is type two collagen. And there's different types as well, uh, is a peptide and component of joint cartilage. It's oral ingestion appears to reduce autoimmunity to the body's own. Type two cartilage, resulting in less inflammation in instances of osteoarthritis. That you were talking about rheumatism um, mm-hmm. and benefits to joint health. So possibly your your partner. Uh, it's type
1: that- two, yeah. That that my partner ended up on, and that was I found a paper from uh, it was done in India of osteoarthritis of the knee. It was funded by a company who were producing collagen right. uh, type two <laughs> collagen supplement. But I, and so I instantly I was skeptical. But I read mm-hmm. through it. And I was quite, you know, you got to remain open minded at this thing. Yes, the funding came from there, but right. actually it was a very well structured study. And mm-hmm. I looked at it and I was like, hmm, that'd be enough to make me look right. again. Right. And you know, cheap, no side effects. Right. Why not give it a go? Give yeah, it a I'm go. all That's for the
0: that. Thing. And and yeah, on, on joint health, another thing, when I had my I had my ACL reconstruction done two thousand eight, mm-hmm. um, was the same year I got my doctorate in physical therapy. So I was pretty geeked into all the research and, (laughs) and, uh, you know, one of the big studies that still seems to be, uh, you know, accepted accepted when the research is strong enough. And that's something that we're talking about here with examine.com and other (laughs) resources is, uh, that 80% of people who have an ACL reconstruction end up with arthritis of the knee, pretty much needing a total knee replacement at some point. Um, (laughs) and again, this is from, uh, studies that were done in the nineties and into the early two thousands. And, but apparently not much has changed uh, as far as I know into now we're in 2022. So at the time I said, let me, you know, invest and worst case as as I like to joke when it comes to supplements is you have expensive urine um, because you pee it out (laughs) of your body. It's usually not harmful um, most supplements. So uh, I, I, I invested at the time in glucosamine chondroitin MSM, as mm-hmm. the gold standard for joint health and yeah. the research there that I understand that I'm going to share with you guys and Andy might be able to, to disprove or just or dis- disagree with that concept <laughs> of uh, with th- those three together in terms of joint health is uh, at the best it is helping you keep the cartilage that you have. You've got. Yeah. And, and it won't necessarily regrow, which is what a lot of people hope for when they have arthritis. Yeah. So, again, yeah. you're putting money in the bank hoping that it stays there Um, and again, maybe compounds over time, but, uh, yeah, when it comes to our, our joint health, unfortunately. Uh, you know, kind of once you lose it, it's hard to get it back. It's hard um, to get it back. And, yeah. and so, you know, we've got to do everything we can to to keep and sustain uh, as much of that as possible. So, mm. uh, yeah, without going too far down too many other rabbit holes that we both seem to want to do, which <laughs> yeah. I, I readily admit is something I do. We're, we're, we're up yeah. over an hour.
1: So you, you just go, Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah and, you're, and you're off. You're suddenly <laughs> away. But yeah, have I, have I suggested it to people? Have I recommended it to people? Yes. Particularly three, I'm thinking, patients uh, either peri or postmenopausal um presenting with multiple tendinopathies mm-hmm. and as we know estrogen is a massive signaler for uh, collagen synthesis and uptake yes. uh two of them had what i would suggest were positive results uh mm-hmm. one didn't but that was more digestive than than anything right. just didn't agree with them at all um so yeah i'm not anti i just think we don't need the premium products we don't right. need this and we yeah and just go steady and see if it makes yeah. a difference for and, you. And,
0: and to your point too, like if with a lot of su- supplementation gets overlooked as the term itself, you're supposed to be supplementing the thing that you might not <laughs> yes. be getting from your diet. It's so if somebody, yeah. if somebody is a vegan, I you know it's like, hey, it's hard to get B12, so take a yeah. supplement of the yeah. thing that you can't get from your diet. Uh, yeah. It should not be a staple in your diet, even though I'm drinking some collagen right now. Um, but that's again <laughs> as insurance for something that you know, it's hard, it's hard to get, uh, the theoretical, like for me being 190 pounds, I should be getting close yeah, to 150 a grams of, yeah. of protein yeah. per yeah. day in order to maintain my mm. joint health and my, my tendon ligament health. So, um, it just helps me get there a little bit easier rather than yeah. having to have X amount of protein. And I don't like taking in pea protein or soy protein. So when it comes to the nutrition side, I, I'll, 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 take it back to the practitioner piece of mm. it is. I'm a bit, I, you know, one, one third of my practice is nutritional consultation. So, uh, uh, I'm a big fan and this is something, again, I've had to move away from the traditional physical therapy model that does not allow, uh, time. And it's not that it doesn't allow it, but it just, it's something that we talk about in school. It's something that the American physical therapy association does say, Hey, you should be talking about nutrition
1: with your patients. Same in the UK. Yeah. yeah, We're we're, we're, we're encouraged just to. It's encouraged. Yeah.
0: But at the same time, I've been, you know, when the, when the lockdown started, I was in a physical therapy journal club with uh, practitioners of physical therapists of varying yeah. ages. And we talked about nutrition and they were like, I don't have time to, to deal with, you know, to talk about this. I don't feel confident. I'm going to refer to a registered dietitian or whatever. And I said, well. We're missing the boat, and again, like
1: we should. Be we know doing, the basics, we and um, be, yeah. for most people, it's the basics. And I, right. I have have, yeah, in my pre-assessment document, I send out to everyone. Do, do you have a calorie target? Do you have a protein target? Mm-hmm. What What does your diet look like? Right. And most of the time, I get question marks back <laughs> from people, right. and that just tells me we might need to look at that. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. And again, in terms of that, that's the thing is in physical therapy, like we're trying to deal with the human body. So, mm. uh, if, if, you know, something I'll keep, uh, on my soapbox about is if we're not talking about sleep, nutrition, stress management, all these things that affect Doing the basics ability well. to recover, it, yeah. I just, I, it sets me up to say, Hey, uh, you know, this might normally, you know, we have a, a maximum recovery time of four months. Or whatever the injury entails but because you have all these other issues against you it might take us eight months or six (laughs) months exactly so um i just actually skiing one of the things we moved here for i I twisted my mcl had an mcl injury so i did a video saying like hey what what are the things i'm doing to help other people when they have injuries to maximize my healing time aka speed it up as much as possible you know there's there's only so fast it can go yeah. um and there's tissue an interesting...
1: healing is tissue healing but right. you can create the best environment for it right. can't you?
0: and uh another last thing i'll, I'll leave off with and again we're, we're over time here but yes yeah, uh, yeah. yeah now it's 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 uh you know these things happen um but uh, another thing again uh I'm a, I'm a New York Jets fan of American football here, and uh, we're coming up on the draft. And one of the top prospects that uh, is getting, uh, is, 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 has been considered the top wide receiver, anyway, he tore his ACL in January in the national championship game. And so he would have probably been the first wide receiver selected. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of the ACL tear, everyone's like, well, he's going to miss his first year, more or less. Um, Cause normally the healing times is like the fastest we would hope for is like nine months, nine months to be returned to, to play. Yeah. And, and he's out here on Twitter because again, he has to kind of, you know, there's a lot of money on the line. He's saying his surgeons told him he'd be back and ready to go five to seven months. Um, and, and everybody's like, what are we talking about here? Like <laughs> ACL reconstruction, AC, you know, back to return to sport. And and so, wow. yeah, so it, it's interesting. And you know, the, the fastest I think I've seen is, return to play is, is close to nine months realistically, yeah. but yeah, it's an, it's an interesting conversation. Yeah. Um, and again, if you're in that ballpark of having all of the tools accessible to you, um, yeah. you know, maybe it does speed you up, but again, there's the natural ability. And if he comes back too soon, uh, is he likely to re-injure it? Is, 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 yeah. is, is his is performance going to be uh, long-term, uh, negatively affected? Is he setting himself up for another pop as it goes? <laughs> so, yeah, 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 down so, the line. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, so that that's, again, a whole nother hour's worth of <laughs> yeah, it is, uh, isn't it? Yeah. topic. So I'll, I I did want to just throw it out there. And, again, it sounds like we could certainly have some fun conversations about that. So I've appreciated yeah. you being on here, Andy, and, no, and thank time. you. Thanks
1: for the opportunity. It's great. Um, I'll and talk yeah, hope, all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so with that said, uh, tell folks where they can find and We'll put it in the show notes.
1: Yeah, it's their Instagram mainly. So it's at process.physio. Is my as spelt as it is on my shirt. <laughs>
0: Perfect, and we'll have that in there. Um, thank you. And yeah, thank you for your time, uh, folks. Reach out to Andy if you have uh, rock climbing injuries. I'm I'm a novice rock climbing treater, uh, as somebody <laughs> who's just getting into it and getting uh, indoctrinated into the the sport and the the culture. So it's it's been a fun journey. I'm hoping a year oh, from good. now. I'm uh, much deeper in there and then I don't know if I'll even touch a 12 before then, uh, trying to, oh, you know, sure you will. Pro- progress through the 11s. Uh, sure you will. <laughs> I did, I did a pretty good 11 yesterday, but I got to, to the, um, to, to the last like big move at the end and I just got stuck there. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's close. something I probably wouldn't have been able to do, uh, you know, even, even two, three months ago. So, oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. So anyway, uh, you know, Keep keep an eye on on my my climbing progression if anyone cares and then uh, <laughs> Andy will is definitely sharing some great stuff on social media so you guys go follow him. Um, Thank you. Th- this is a song I did not know about but we'll close off with uh, Witness the Fitness. <laughs> Witness the Fitness. <laughs> Apparently it's a rock climbing staple. <laughs> so we'll leave it with that and we'll end there, guys. Great tune. Uh, Thank you Andy. very much.